Welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table, where we talk about the business of real life. If you're a working mom or a mompreneur, this is where you want to be. This is where we share tips right off Elaine's Kitchen Table about business and parenting. Being a mom of three and wearing multiple hats, from CEO of the award-winning company Easy Daisies Limited to speaker and educator, Elaine knows how valuable your time is, so this podcast is going to be short and sweet. Whether you're tuning in while driving to a meeting, washing dishes, or sitting in the school parking lot waiting to pick up the kids, you're going to learn the tips and secrets of successful and incredible people. Elaine wants you to be inspired, challenged, and motivated to be that successful person you're capable of being and that person you want your kids to grow up to be. This is Real Talk for Real Life. Hi, welcome to Elaine's Kitchen Table. I'm so excited to have you here with us today where we talk about the business of real life. And I'm just thrilled about my guest here today and we are actually sitting face to face, which I so love so much because we actually get to have tea together and treats because that's always fun. But before I bring her on, here's a word from our sponsor today. Are you a multitasking woman who is not only a mom, but also an entrepreneur? Could you use some support making your business successful while still being an incredible mom? If so, you need to find out how to be a part of Mompreneurs, Canada's national network for female entrepreneurs who want it all. Now visit themompreneur.com or contact me on Twitter at chatwithelaine. Hi, we're back. My guest today is an internationally recognized certified parent coach, registered psychiatric nurse and intuitive guide. As an expert in child and youth mental health for over 15 years with experience working with families, she uses her unique and intuitive abilities to get to the root of the problem quickly and deliver results. I am so honored to have this lovely mompreneur here with me today. Welcome, Shannon White. Hello. Hello. Thank you, Elaine. Okay, we have to prove that we're sitting together, oh, so yeah. let's make a tea toast yeah. here. Tea toast. Tea toast. Okay, Shannon, we're just going to jump into this. First of all, I would love for you to fill in any blanks sure. uh, that I, I just did this intro, and I could say so much about you. You are a mom. You have three kids, a, a teenager. I think you were t- we were talking earlier and you said at one point you had a teenager, a toddler, and an infant all at once. Yes. So you're like fully experienced and you can see that's what I love because you bring real life situations and experiences into your work. I, I would love to know, how did you start your business? How did I start my business? I started it recognizing a need um, for realistic, sustainable um, parenting practices that parents could um, use at home that um, weren't, you know, from a textbook and um, or from the so-called experts. I'm using my air quotes here um, because I worked at Children's Hospital in British Columbia and I uh, worked with kids, uh, five to twelve year olds, and then uh, adolescents as well. And um, we could put programs together and do assessments and make this picture-perfect package. And then to send the kids home, parents were saying, you know, oh, can you guys come with us? How can we hire you? <laughs> like, yeah, they're going to do it all here. And, and yes, it all works. But I'm really worried about what's going to happen at home. So yes. I just saw a need out there. And I saw a disconnect between what the professionals um, in psychology and psychiatry um, were you know, what the recommendations were with real life. And also the individual lives of families. 
you know, not all families hold the same values that some of these teachings have. Mm -hmm. So um, I wanted to blend those two together because I find, um, not I find, I mean, I view us much more than just our physical form that we see. Now, I love the name of your business. It's Parenting with Soul. Mm -hmm. How did you come up with that name? Um, so I came up with that name again because working as a registered psychiatric nurse and with specialties in behavioral management and psychiatry and psychology, um, I that was always addressing just the physical piece, you know, what we saw in front of you. And so it was much more task oriented. You know, I want you to sit there. I want you to do this. I need you to listen. Very much more physical. And it wasn't actually addressing who the true essence of the parent was and the true essence of the child. And both of those need to be honored for a true partnership to happen. No, I, I very much respect that. I, I, I also love how you mentioned that you created your business because you saw the need. Mm -hmm. and, and you know that's going to be a success already because you are providing a solution to an existing problem and not creating something that you have to sell, right. but it's already a need that's out there that right. is so smart, so smart. While we're talking about creating businesses, I, I know that many people think that, oh, once you have your own business, it's a luxurious road with no <laughs> hurdles. I know, let's all laugh about that. Right? People think that. It's like, oh, you're so lucky you have your own business. Can you share, there must have been a hiccup, a hurdle that you went through, like, Let's, let's talk about real life yep. situations and yep. having your own business. What is one situation you could think of that was just crazy or just you thought it was just an awful stumbling block? Yep. And, and what did you get from that? I, you know, really, I, I mean, there's so many actually that I don't have just one specific one. Yes, me too. Yeah, uh, it's more a combination. I mean, I'm working full time as it is. Um, and then building this business as I go along in, you know, Brilliant. knowing that I'm going to be able to transition, try to transition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Or not try, but I am transitioning over to, to doing parenting with soul on a full-time basis. So it's all the messiness that's in between there, right? So it's getting myself and the kids off to my job, their school, um, answering my emails from parents and answering questions, booking clients in on a separate basis, you know, then attending my job, then rushing back, getting everybody off to activities again, you know, and it's working off the sides of what I call many desks. It's not just the side of one. <laughs> yeah. I, I love how you worded it once. Um, I, in an earlier discussion, you had said that that business, starting out your own business is not a little perfect package with a bow on. Yeah. Like, yeah. What, ex elaborate on that one. What does that mean? And I fully understand, but let's share with the listeners. Well, you know, when you, when you see the need for a business and um, coming from my background, I come from a medical background. So I come from the clients all come to me at a hospital. Um, I don't have to go out and find clients. So when you come up with this, this will be meet the perfect needs of families. You kind of, you know, in a way think, yeah, okay, this, this in my head seems like perfect package in a box. It'll just kind of come out like this. And then when you start to get into the workings of it and wrapping it to present this and get your business plan together and everything else, it didn't show up as the box. No. It kind of showed up as, as a little bit over here and a little bit over there. And, but again, as long as you're persistent um, and stay focused and stay committed to what, what it is you're wanting, uh, it all starts to come together. And uh, I liken it to kind of standing on the shore with your idea, stepping into the side of the river, wading in a little bit to try it, and then the first little bit of current 
grasps you and you start, start to mm-hmm. move and then you move a little bit further with it and then you get into the flow. Oh, I like that visual analogy. I'm very visual. That's, that's really beautiful. I never heard it put that way. Now you mentioned about staying focused and, and staying committed. Mm-hmm. Now my, that leads right into my next question. I was going to ask you what are three must-haves that you think a person needs to start their own business or, or to be running as an entrepreneur with this flow of the current? <laughs> Ideally, um, lack of fear mm. with an equal dose of um, knowing that you're going to be successful. So being able to balance those two for sure would um, would be those two. Um, what else? I Yeah, it's just because you can get so beaten down with... Uh, think you know with with what life with what comes up right and should I pursue this should I keep going so you have to be able to balance on the edge of that fear of the unknown and just keep treading forwards I I love that very much and you know fear is actually a good thing to have it's it's uh, just don't like what you're saying is just don't let your fear be stop you yes you're yep. the thing that stops you but let your fear be outweighed by your your visualization yeah. and passion of, of being successful. Yeah. I love that very much. For me, the like I've, I volunteer with hospice, mm-hmm. and as a nurse, I've seen people, you know, um, in the stages of dying and um, and that have died, and you know, I realize like death is permanent. And that's it. Mm-hmm. So when you're in business, unless you're actually dead, there's you still have life in you to keep going. And I know that sounds kind yeah. of absolutely but it's sort of you know yeah you can be on the brink of bankruptcy you can be in a relationship that's hit the skids or whatever kids the relationship with them isn't going so well but you can still take that one more step forward you've got that one more breath and you need to keep going oh i i I truly agree and it just takes that little spark yeah right to to light in a completely dark room it just that's a little spark and and like this you just keep going Mm mm-hmm I love all your visual analogies. <laughs> I'm very visual too. I have to ask your eureka moment. Now, in in your business mm. path, was there something that you really learned, whether it's from an experience mm. in your journey or through a mentor that you can share with us? Um, I think part of my eureka moment was... Um, understanding the lesson that you have to stick to what you know you can expand on it but really you need to stick to what you know Um, because if you get caught outside of that you'll lose credibility with your audience and your clients immediately and why this came to light was because I was at a um, business conference with a very well-known thought leader very well-liked thought leader and the person made a, a statement on stage and I believe it was just more for impact sort of at the time that um, had a mental health inaccuracy in it, very a, a vast one. So I went up afterwards and approached the person and just said, you know, I wanted to be very respectful of them, not say anything in front of others um, and not embarrass them at all um, because this is an area of my expertise that they were speaking about. And I just wanted to let them know and also advocate for my clients um, that have experienced this specific mental health piece that what he had said was an inaccuracy and you know, and that guaranteed people within his audience um, and future audiences will have these experiences. Um, and so not to uh, alienate himself from them by making just sort of a comment that's impactful. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one for me. 
No, I agree, and that credibility is so important. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and and it's it just there's so much more that you get from admitting honesty and and lack of knowledge, yep. or that you know you'll come back and with an answer, than to claim a false truth because yeah. I, I think that just causes the, all the cards to crumble. Yeah, yeah, and. And you know, and nothing wrong with when someone does come up to correct you to 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 acknowledge that mm-hmm. and and to to improve from that yep. moving forward. Yeah, and the person so, did actually. Oh, they, I wasn't <laughs> expecting it, but the person did. They just said, "Wow, you know, I never really thought of it from that point of view," and um, and they had said, "You know, I think I'm going to go and get some more information about this." And oh, I said, "Yeah, right. yeah, good on them, yeah. good on that person." And I'd, I'd love to know, being uh, the creator of Easy Daisies, I'm all about habits and creating good habits mm-hmm. in people. And I'd love to know, what are your habits of success? So do you have one, two, three habits of success that, that you exercise every day that make you who you are right now? Um, I have a couple. And one of them is weekly reflection on success. So because as moms and mompreneurs, we're so busy and inundated with technology and information and tasks and doing things, um, we it's very easy for us to lose sight of our wins, what our wins are during the week, like our simple wins even, you know. Um, and because of that, when I'm able to reflect back on that, um, it helps me to encourage my kids to see what their wins for the week were as opposed to seeing, you know, oh, I didn't get to do this. I didn't, you know, I wasn't successful in that area. Well, where were you successful? How can we build on that? Or how can you build on that? That's one. Um, I also have a weekly check-in with someone who's accountable. So not using my dog or my best friend (laughs) as my accountability partner is very helpful because they'll tell me anything I want to hear. So, uh, or just nod and wag, you know. Um, So, uh, so I have a business coach and she keeps me accountable. She knows when I'm ducking and diving or making excuses. She also knows when to gently push or when to pull back, um, but keeps me focused and keeps me accountable. I love that. And, and, uh, just having an accountability relationship, right? When mm-hmm. you are the one who's on somebody else as well as keeping that person accountable. Yep. I think there's so much growth yep. and for ourselves when we hold someone else accountable mm-hmm. because then you have to be a doer as well. Otherwise, it yeah seems like... Yeah. Hypocritical is a big word, but it makes yep. you want to, yep. to be doing the things you're telling someone else to do. Well, when I'm having to be accountable to my coach, Lisa then I'm having to be also accountable to my kids mm. that I'm doing what I'm saying I'm going to do, Absolutely. right? Because if doing that's an expectation I'm having of them to be accountable, I also, and, and my husband too. Absolutely. I think our, I always say that our, our children learn so much from watching how we pick ourselves up. Oh yeah, 97%. And, you know, and, and I think that's, that's the big lesson. Yep. Not seeing our successes because we aren't trying to create perfect children. Nope. But we're trying to teach them how to live. And, and to persevere. Well, my philosophy is you're raising adults, is what you're doing. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what we're, what you is happening at three is still the way you want a parent sort of at 12 because, you know, a tantrum at three doesn't look as good as a, ta- you know, a tantrum <laughs> at 15 um, isn't, you know, and then a tantrum, a tantrum on the job when they're 21, oh no. So I always, my view is always like, you're raising adults, mm. so. I like that you're raising adults. Yeah. So if I'm wanting, if I that should be a title for your next book. It, yeah, I think so. I yes. think so. Yes, I think it should be. 
remember that. I will. Okay. I will. You heard it Write here it first. Down. I did. <laughs> Woo! On the Lane's Raising podcast. Adults. I Raising love adults. that. That's a great title for yep. a book. Now, I, I want to delve into your professional mm-hmm. um, expertise. What is one of the most common parenting questions that you get asked? And, and what is your reply? <laughs> um, I don't want just the question. Yeah. Well, there isn't a specific question, um, but there is a common theme that I get asked mm-hmm. a lot about, and that's more communication. So I get a lot of, how do I get them to listen? How do I get them to fill in the blank and do blank when I ask them to? Mm-hmm. And so my fir- first curiosity always is, how do you listen as a parent? Are you a yeah, yeah, just a second? Are you a multitasking, giving directions, expecting a wholehearted answer type of parent? Um, because parenting is a partnership with your child. So like any relationship with business, spouse or partner um, or your friend, the output always equals the input. Mm-hmm. So you want, so that's where I just, I will evaluate with a parent. Um, I'll explore, explore how you're showing up to see um, what's happening and then give you strategies that are going to work specifically for you and your children. So I know it's not a a pinpoint answer, but that's because everybody's family are so individual and I want to honor you having the values of how you want to communicate with your family. What works for you? You know, I I really, how you worded that, that output always equals input. Mm -hmm. Can you elaborate on that a little bit more? So if you're saying, um, just a second, just a second, just a second to the children coming up, they're going to say, when you say, hey, can you go and do this? Just a second, just a second. Uh-huh. Um, it always gets reflected back to you. Absolutely. Yeah. If you're, um, you know, you're saying, I'd like you to get off of your iPad now, please. And you're, you know, you, you come up with different strategies for that. Well, if they come up and you're on your phone and they're saying, hey, mom, can you help me unravel this? Or can you help me load this app onto my iPad? And you're like, oh, hold on. And you're busy on your phone. Mm, um, mm-hmm. That's absolutely that's the reflection. So what what are you inputting? You know because that's what they're gonna they look at that and go oh okay and walk off with that. And you'll also see them reflect it with their friendships. Yes, and I remember being a school teacher for oh in fourteen school. years. Oh my goodness, <laughs> yes. I absolutely could see the parenting mm-hmm. in each of our in each of yep. my wonderful kids. Yep. And yeah, it's absolutely true. And this all reminds me of a, a saying that I read somewhere. It was a quote that parenting is like a mirror. Mm-hmm. So be someone worthy of that yep. reflection. And because they will be your mirror image. Yep. And and not just actions, but the words that come from your mouth yep. is, is very evident in your children when they are speaking to themselves. Yep. That self-talk, whether it's positive or negative. Mm-hmm encouraging building up or tearing down mm-hmm. and to their friends and I have so many stories about that but that's a whole different podcast. I know, I know that is a whole different but yeah yes. it's it's true and the two main things are sort of just honoring um, that what your experience is and that they're having their own separate experience mm-hmm. and being able to separate those two and see everything clearly for what it is. I, I would say that um, um, through my businesses like with Easy Daisies mm-hmm. and um, I often I'm invited to be a speaker for, uh, as a parenting expert or an educational expert. Um, and I would say that is my most common question is how do I get my kids to listen mm-hmm. as well? And and that's a whole other podcast. But yeah, yeah sometimes I, I put it back on them and say that maybe it's not the right question that we are asking is, is how do I get my kids to listen? But 
how can I help them to listen and and you know and, and like you said like looking at how we learn but looking at how our children learn are, are they visual are they kinesthetic mm-hmm. and I think something ridiculous like 87% of children learn visually mm-hmm. and and uh, and hence uh, visual schedules mm-hmm. is is a, a great way that I as a classroom teacher was able to get 22 yep. seven-year-olds to to not be anxious and, mm-hmm. and have meltdowns but yeah. to, to be able to see and understand what's happening next yep. but uh, yeah very great great question I would love to know what your top three ways are to this is a very bold question what are your top three <laughs> strategies <laughs> on, on creating happy families like if someone said you know are it's just not so good yep what would you say are, are here's three strategies to try for making a happy family that's big yeah 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 <laughs> i'm gonna ask it well, anyways well yeah for sure my answers are very simple really it's um create a safe sacred space at home mm-hmm. so make home the safety net make mm-hmm. home the safe space um because once you walk out that front door, that's where the name calling happens. That's where we run into negativity and different things. We, everyone, mom, dad, and everyone else, um, the kids, the dog, they all need a safe place to come home to. You need to be able to shut the door and not invite the enemies in sort of thing, right? And be supportive within the house. So if somebody at our house, we have what's called me time. Mm. So if somebody claims, oh, I've got me time, they go to their room and they have me time. That means we don't interrupt them. They're doing something, you know, um, creative or safe or whatever. A lot of times it doesn't have anything to do with technology. It's just sort of a downtime that that they have. Um, so that would be one thing is creating that safe space. So no name calling you just and you design what you want it to look like. But this is your place where if you were about to launch out and, you know, call somebody a name or so, whatever, mm-hmm. um, you just remind yourself, where am I right now? What, yeah. what is the sacredness of this yes. space to us? Right. Okay. You know, I believe um, the, you're responsible for the energy you bring into this place. That's a saying we have at our house, too. Um, and another one is I do um, please, thank you, sorries, and uh, making it right are things that I've taught my kids since they were little, little. Um, and I teach families too because it's amazing just through that role modeling in itself, your children watching you say please, thank you, oh, you know what, man, I'm sorry, or oh, I got to make it right. So, for example, somebody spills something. Instead of, oh my gosh, I can't believe you did that or what, oh, go, whatever. It's like, hey, how do you make it right? Because we're raising adults. Mm -hmm. So you want that person to move on to somebody else's house where they make a mess accidentally and be able to know what to do consciously, right? Mm -hmm. Not going to their their alligator brain and freak out, oh my gosh, but no, oh, I should go get some paper towel. I come over, I wipe it up. I know how to clean up. It builds my self-esteem. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. To to be a problem solver. Yeah. To acknowledge mistakes and it's okay. Yeah. And kids as as young as like to understand this very easily. Oh, make it right. Okay. And they go over, you make the task simple for them, but they get it. And then as they get bigger, they don't go to places where they find themselves embarrassed or kind of, ooh, you know. And it goes right back to what you were saying before about children mirroring their parents. And you can see that whether from how they react in a high stress situation. Well, it's very reflective often. Yeah, and not it, always, and it builds. And so what it does too is it k- keeps that connection and doesn't break apart the trust. 
because as soon as you start yelling at somebody, anybody, oh, yes, right? They, absolutely. The trust is gone. So it's, oh, okay, I don't want to get yelled at. So we always avoid pain, right? We yeah. know that. We know yes. that biologically. Absolutely. So when you can create it, oh, oh, you spilled that. Okay, hey, no worries. Let's clean it up. Let's make it right. Absolutely. And it, it, Done deal. Carry on. It builds a lot of character. Yes. Because if you create children who are afraid, then you might lead into dishonesty maybe sometimes yeah. and, well, and hiding mistakes. That's right. And you always want your children raising adults again. I'm going to say it again, but you always want the kids when they're teenagers. When's that book coming up? I know. I know. <laughs> I, think it, I'm, I think it better get home get typing. Um, but um, this is where you want those little people to know from these experiences, this foundation you're building, that when they're teenagers and something's happening or they're running into brand new experiences, that they can trust you to come back to or even make a phone call um, to say, hey, can you come get me? Or, uh-oh, I, this happened. Mm-hmm. I don't know what to do about it, but this happened. And knowing that that door's still open because you can't shut the doors all down. No, absolutely. And then expect them to come and talk to you. And especially with boys, too. Right? We have these big expectations for men to share their feelings mm-hmm. and all this, but when we've shut it down all the way along or have these false expectations, it's it's a false expectation you can have for them. Uh, that's I, I like that you pointed out that it's different for males. Yeah, yeah. We have societal expectations that are unrealistic. Yeah. I guess, and those probably stem from centuries ago, oh, I would yeah. say. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. For male and female, actually. Yeah. Now, I'm sure you have parents who come to you who are frazzled, who say, I am a bad parent, or I, I just, I'm done. Yep. I'm sure you hear that. What yep. would you say to them? Is there any one thing you say, or is it Um, different? I think it's, I mean, a lot, of my, a lot of my stuff is pretty simple, too, just because I understand the biology of how the brain works. And, and so, I mean, I'll say to people, you know, what you need to realize, and I'll teach them, is that they're being hijacked by an emotion, is what's happening. So this emotion has just taken over and it's hijacked you. You, have, you still have a choice. You have a choice to follow along as the hostage, or you have the choice to completely pull out a different emotion. So the brain can't hold two emotions at the same time, so it can't hold frazzled and it can't hold like laughter, happiness. I don't, it, they're completely two yes. opposing ones. I mean, you can have frazzled and maybe go into sad and depressed <laughs> and then carry on that trail. But just being able to do something that snaps you out of that, changes state, turn on, crank up some music. You know, yeah, you're frazzled, but go crank up some music. Have a dance party with the kids. Um, as somebody who's tantruming on the floor, nothing cures a tantrum faster when you get on the floor too and start tantruming as well. Because when you... It's like a beta interrupt, isn't it? Oh, it's total beta. Yeah, because... I've seen toddlers that will stand up and go, what are you doing, right? And you don't have to throw yourself on the floor in a store, but you know, like, I mean, it's just that empathy, like, dude, yeah, this sucks, right? Like being able to kind of get yourself out of the, it's all about me, it's Mm -hmm. happening to me, and realize that the two of you are now just in a situation together. So what are we going to do? Let's have some fun with it. Absolutely. I'm going to invite you back for another podcast where we just talk about (laughs) parenting because I would love to do that. Yeah. Yeah, because, um, I mean, well, like I said, you can't have frazzled and laughter at the same time. So it's... I like how you worded that, you know, you shouldn't be a hostage to your emotions. Yep. And, you know, let it go. Well, because it also, it, that's, it's a very easy way. We use these big words called emotional regulation. Mm. Um, but that's when you put it this simply that kids realize, oh, my goodness, I have a choice. 
I have a choice that I can do something about this. When they're not with you and you send them out into the world, mm -hmm. they realize, oh, I have a choice. Ah, oh, this situation isn't as big a deal as I'm making it. Mm -hmm. I can do something about this. No, I, I appreciate that so much. And um, I, I, I could talk to you forever. I know. And I would love to. <laughs> so I'm going to have you back on another podcast if you'd be willing. I cool. Absolutely. Love that. I love hanging out with you. I love hanging out with you too. <laughs> So I, I am going to cut this, so I'm going to make yep. people want to come and listen to your, our next podcast, because we're going we're gonna to jump into talking about parenting and sure. anxiety and, and our fast-paced world, how are yep. we going to help our kids be successful. I would love to do that. So right now I want to say, Shannon, thank you so much for being our guest today, and it's I, I've learned so much, and I know that I've been inspired, so I'm sure that our, our listeners have been inspired as well. And I would love to hear from our listeners, and I love it when I do. So please do find me on um, Twitter at Chat with Elaine, or on Facebook at Elaine's Kitchen Table. And please do write comments and give feedback. And uh, Shannon, how can people find you? What's the best way for them to find you? Is there a, a website that you'd like to share? Yeah, uh, parentingwithsoul.com. And um, yeah, email. You can email me too at parentingwithsoul at gmail.com. Perfect, and I will have all of that information in our show notes as well. Okay. So we'll be fine very easily that day. And thank you. Thank you so much, and we'll say goodbye. Yes, bye. Thank you, audience. See you. Thank you, Elaine. Bye.